0: Money FM eighty nine point three, the best of Saturday mornings.
1: International news review. Time for our international news review with Steve Oka. and Steve back in the studio. Welcome back. Great to be back, and I'm um, wearing a shirt from, of course, Los
2: Angeles, California's greatest band ever, The Doors.
0: And there you so, go. So <laughs> good bringing back a little bit of California
2: to Singapore. And briefly, my wife and daughter and many listeners will be jealous because Modern Family is one of the most popular shows in Singapore. I love that show. It's a, you know, <laughs> my daughter and wife are watching it on a loop. They, they finish it and <laughs> start again. You went there, right, to the house. Well,
0: I went to the house, and like, I'll have to tell you the story of when I met Luke and Manny at a restaurant in Sydney a couple of years oh. ago. We'll save that one. <laughs>
2: wow, wow. Wow! Wow! Awesome. Wow. I'll send you the phone. Yeah, please do. Yeah.
1: Well, great to have you uh, back, Stephen. And look, we are going to start actually in the US. Joe Biden just gave a speech that has uh, shaken the world, I think, um, the political world anyway, in the US, um, talking about um, kind of uh, how some of Trump's supporters are um, a threat to democracy. I'll put it basically kind of like that. Tell us about that speech and uh, what he said and, and what, what's going on with it. Uh, Joe Biden said that, you know, too much of what's
0: happening in our country, the United States today, is not normal. I mean, that is not a newsflash. It is, it is not normal what's happening. Um, and he gave a speech that was both presidential – And it was political. I mean, it was a a presidential speech in which he said there is a real threat to democracy from what he calls the MAGA Republicans. I mean, this is a president. When Joe Biden came in, he refused to talk about Donald Trump. He wanted to move forward. This speech, he, he explicitly mentioned Trump by name three times. He talked about the MAGA Republicans 13 times, and he wanted to make clear that what he saw was a real threat to democracy. The issue is this is the kickoff right now, right? This is the end of summer kickoff to the midterm elections, and it's seen as a presidential – a political speech as well. And when you combine presidential and political – you get into some issues and there's been so much controversy in
2: so many ways over this speech mm. um, just in the past couple of days. Well, in a follow up to that, McCarthy, of course, the Republican minority leader in the House of Representatives, he has called on Biden, his words, quote, to apologize for slandering tens of millions of Americans as fascists. Now, why is Biden doing this now? Did he make that calculated guess that, that he knew there was going to be this fallout? Midterms are coming up. Why did he do it now? Well, it was clearly a very calculated speech on both fronts. And
0: there is, I mean, democracy is on the ballot in the United States uh, in November. You have multiple Republicans who have been endorsed by former President Trump who are are election deniers, who who are Mm. saying that Joe Biden didn't win, he shouldn't be president. And they have the real opportunity if they win to change laws in states that go against democracy, go against Mm. the people's votes. So there is this real threat. That's out there now, but it was a speech given in in the run up to the the midterm elections and for the Democrats, which it is so important for them to hold the House and the Senate. Right now, there's unified government. It rarely. Last, where you have a, a one party controlling the White House, the House, the White House, the House, and the Senate. And what Joe Biden and the Democrats want to do is not make this a choice about the Democrats. They want to make the, and which it should be, normally a midterm election is about those who are in power. Do you want to keep them in power or do you want to change them? With inflation, with the price of, 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 of you know, gasoline, um, you want to make this about, you know, the Republicans want to make this about the Democrats. The Democrats want to make this about Trump. And so this speech laid out that the election in November is about Donald Trump. It's a referendum on Donald Trump. And when elections are a referendum
2: on Donald Trump, Republicans lose. Can I mm. just add to that, though? Mm. Are there going to be moderate Republicans in Singapore, for example, living in Singapore as well as in the U.S., moderate Republicans who might take offense to even being associated with the term fascism? Yes, I can see what Biden is trying to do. But that is that a calculated risk that could backfire?
0: Well, look, this is what 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 the Republican Party writ large and the MAGA Republicans, as, as, as Joe Biden calls them, is trying to do. Joe Biden made very clear there is a huge difference between the MAGA Republicans, which is you know, may, maybe thirty percent of today's Republican Party, and the rest of the Republicans. And and. And Joe Biden said, I want to work with Republicans. I can work with Republicans. I do work with Republicans. It's the MAGA Republicans who are trying to overthrow elections, to overthrow the government, to overthrow democracy um, and instill themselves in power. Those are the people he went after. Now, what the Kevin McCarthy's of the world are saying, oh, no, he insulted all Republicans. And that's the question. Will, will that differentiation that Joe Biden very, very clearly made in the
1: speech, will that get lost? Yeah, yeah Kevin McCarthy saying Biden has, quote, severely wounded America's soul. And, of course, the former president uh, has weighed in, uh, you know, with every comment, that, you know, from Feldman is, uh, from uh, um, uh, Biden is crazy to, mm-hmm. you know, he needs to retire and step down and all that sort of stuff. Yeah.
2: So there's obviously they're pushing back. It's an emotional term. The word yeah. fascist in any context is extremely emotional. Uh, he said they were semi-fascist. <laughs> yeah, okay. but, but even the semantics that you know, are required. And, you
0: know. and he did try and differentiate. Now, the other thing that he's getting really attacked for is that he had the Marines, the Marine Guard and the Marine Band at the speech. He had the Marines framing him. Yeah, why is that speech. a problem? Well, it's a problem because if it is a political speech, you should not be using they're the neutral, military, which is neutral, in, in, a political, in a political framework. Now, of course, this is – it is really rich to see, you know, the Republicans say, oh, this is so offensive. When Donald Trump had the Republican National Convention on the lawn of the White House. Yeah, right? yeah. That, you know, So they've blown up or Donald Trump blew up all the norms when it came to you don't use government for politics you 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 really try and split the two now when you are the president you're always the president so if you're campaigning and you're coming in on air force 1 now you 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 actually have the campaign reimburse the US government for the use of air force 1 but you can't get that out of the picture and you would see Donald Trump use the military use air force 1 use the white house for campaign purposes all the time now I think that you this was such an obvious use of of of, of 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 an attack to give to the Kevin McCarthy's and and the Senator Hawley's and the and the MAGA Republicans that he just shouldn't have had the Marines in the picture. Just take get rid of it. Of yeah. course, it's legal for him to do it. He's the President of the United States, but it just it just side sidetracks what was a very very important message that he gave. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Now there are let's dovetail that into the ongoing investigation um, on the conceal on the concealment of of, uh, top secret and other non-secret documents at Mar-a-Lago by the former president. Where are we standing with that? It seems every day there's so much information coming. It's hard to keep track. I mean, I read all the stories, but I I couldn't give you a clear synopsis of where we're at right now. Okay, so where
0: we're at is the, the what we know and, and what we learned this week is, okay, we know Trump left the White House with classified and top-secret documents. We know that they were mishandled in Mar-a-Lago. They were kept in unsecure areas. You had classified and non-classified materials just mingled together. We know he resisted the efforts to return those documents. We know that his lawyers lied about having, not re- having returned the documents Documents when they
1: didn't. They and returned so, some, but then they didn't return. Well, they others, said we right. returned
0: them all, yeah. and I mean they swore an affidavit. We returned all the classified material, and then hundreds more were found when the FBI searched mar So that's what we know now. What what did we learn this week? We saw. Okay, so when I was in government, and in, in from the photos I saw, when you would have a classified document, what you would do is you you put a a. a, a, a paper on top of the classified material. And it would say classified, top secret, whatever the classification was. So if you walked around with that document, nobody could read it. Mm. Right? Nobody could see it. it. It was a cover page. It was a cover page. Yeah. And if it was yeah. on and if it was on your desk, you would you would have make sure it was covered. So if somebody came in who didn't have access or shouldn't have seen it, you didn't you know they they couldn't. So that system hasn't changed at all. So what we've now learned is that there were 43 empty folders with classified banners on it but the classified documents missing Hmm. so they're still missing documents so we we are now learning that it's even worse that not all the classified material has been returned and the question we don't have an answer to is why did donald trump take the materials why didn't he return them and what has he done with them or is doing with Yeah, who had access to them right who had access to them. Um, but why did he take them? Yeah. Why yeah. did he take them? Did he take them? Because it was the, it, the most benign explanation is that, well, look, I'm the president. I'm the government. These are my documents. These aren't the people's documents because I am the president. I have absolute control. I can do whatever I want. And so I want to take documents with me. I take them. That's the most benign. Now there's all these theories out there. Is Donald Trump a Donald a double agent
1: right? <laughs> for the you know for the Russians or the Saudis oh, or yeah, whoever there's be all that out there? Right? Or
0: <laughs> did, did he take them so he could have ammunition uh, ammunition to use against his political enemies? Are there things in those documents that he could then use against Democrats? I mm-hmm.
1: heard um, I heard a, I heard a podcast uh, last week and they were talking about uh, New, the New York Times uh, Daily podcast mm-hmm. and 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 Maggie Haberman who's been uh, you know covering yeah. this story for. For a long time, um, said there. There is this uh, also this this theory that he just likes to have tchotchkes, What they call tchotchkes, right? Little gifts, little things from the White House. You know, take an ashtray, okay. take of this, take of that, pencils, pens, and 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 so this is the presidential equivalent of of tchotchkes that he wanted to keep top ta- secret, ta- secret documents, so he could say, "Hey, I've got these documents" or whatever. I mean, we don't know
2: that. That's, well, that, the, case, that's but, the common thing that I've been reading is because we don't know yet. We don't know what he's thinking was. Was there, as you allude to, this kind of almost Machiavellian sub- subterfuge at play, or could it just really be, to Glenn's point, good old-fashioned incompetence? He just doesn't know what he can and can't take away with him. But, but and and sure, like no, I'm not going to argue that Donald Trump. We don't know that didn't do incompetence.
0: It, it was it incompetent in certain things that he did. But the, the question is. But he knew – once you're on notice that you are violating the law and you still don't return them, mm-hmm. now you get into obstruction of justice, right? And this gets into the whole Watergate. It's not the crime. It's the cover-up yeah. where you always get into trouble. Uh, uh, that and notice that, goes back, what, a year, right? Uh, yes. 2021? Uh, yeah, it's over Somewhere a year now they've been negotiating yeah. to get these back. Yeah. And so there's, na- there's clearly obstruction of justice because you have da- you have given him notice. He swore he didn't return them. He swore he, he returned all of them, and he didn't. Yeah. Um, and now you have a new filing, right, where Trump says, um, well, we were going to give you the classified materials. Well, remember, one of his arguments was why well, I declassified everything when I left the White House. Therefore, there was nothing classified. Mm-hmm. And now his lawyers are saying, well, we were going to give you the classified material. So that takes away that argument. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it gets to the – it's not the crime. It's the cover-up. Uh, and so now you add obstruction of justice to the violations of the uh, Espionage Act and the,
2: and the presidential – That's not just you saying that. It was actually a court filing. The Justice Department says, quote, efforts were likely taken to obstruct the investigation. Mm. That's the Justice Department itself saying that. So we get back to this kind of groundhog day, Mm. Steve. I end up saying this question almost every week. Mm. What happens next? is he going to face any form of criminal charges? Because week on week it does seem to build towards something. What is that something?
0: Well, we we have a, a rule in the United States, not a law but there's a rule that within 60 days of an election the Justice Department does not take a political case because of the Justice Department does not want to use to weaponize the judicial system, the legal system, uh, when it comes to politics. So we're basically we're, we're basically in that window now. We're at the midterms coming up. So they're isn't going to be any legal action taken, at least for the next two months while while this plays out. So we, it's going to be a while before we know, will the Justice Department uh, have issue an indictment against Donald Trump? We're going to have to wait and see, but we've got at least a couple months to find out.
2: Well, I'll give the final word on the subject to Mike Ung, who's listening and watching, and he says, Donald Trump should start reading Neil's children's books <laughs> first before wading through serious documents. I assume he can read beyond Twitter. Those are the comments of Mike I'm a regular listener, we'll probably leave it with that. I like that,
1: Mike. All right. Uh, moving on, Steve. Uh, briefly, a military court in Myanmar has sentenced Aung San Suu Kyi to a further three years in prison for election fraud. Uh, she's already been sentenced now to 20 years in prison on 11 counts. Uh, she, of course, denies all the accusations. Um, we're not – if convicted on all charges, she could face 200 years in prison. Uh, we're not going to see her out in public anytime soon, are we? Unless the regime changes and somebody lets her out of jail.
0: Yeah, look, because look, the, 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 the military junta, their whole – Purpose for being is is this is going to be very similar to our last story, right? Their, their whole purpose for being is that the election was a fraud, that the the, the Aung San Suu Sang committed uh, election fraud. Her National League for Democracy um, did not win an, a valid election, and if they don't put her in jail, and they and they were to say, oh, she didn't commit fraud, then they have no purpose for being in government. Yeah. So they they have to do this to stay in power, um, and so they are now taking the next step. They've never sentenced her before. Uh, to hard labor um, And no one can really imagine That they're going to actually Have her do hard labor But sure They need to keep her in prison They need to keep her away For things Because that's how They stayed in government This is how A true fascist government
2: Operates yeah. Absolutely. And on that point, they seem to be getting slightly more audacious now because a footnote, but I think it has more serious international repercussions. Yesterday, Friday, the UK's former ambassador to Myanmar and her husband were sentenced to one year in prison. Vicky Bauman, she served as the UK's envoy to Myanmar from 2002 and 2006 and she and her artist, who is local, husband, were arrested and now they've been sentenced. Now, that strikes me as quite... A bold, audacious thing. The, you know, the, the, the Myanmar community very rarely prosecute, uh, prosecute foreigners, but now we're pro- they're prosecuting foreigners. N- non journalists, anyway. Non journalist foreigners, <laughs> yes, I should add to that, yeah, correct, yeah. yes. I'm guessing the UK has to intervene at some point. They'll issue all the usual statements, particularly once the Prime Minister transition takes place on Monday. But it seems to be taking bolder and bolder steps, Steve. It needs to stay in power because they are, I mean, look,
0: there's this military coup. They are killing thousands, or have killed, you know, at least thousands of people that, 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 that we know about. They will do anything to stay in power. And if that means you, you, you sentence, you know, a Nobel you know, laureate to hard labor. You you mm. throw a, a mm. former UK ambassador in jail. So be it. They don't care because mm. that's what fascists do.
1: They they do everything they can to stay in power. Well, we feel it's important to keep this story front and center, and we're, we'll be looking to see if ASEAN comes up with any statements. Uh, I haven't seen any yet,
2: but ho- and, the and the British government and the British government. I haven't government seen on any that. yet. I'm sure there will be one shortly. Yeah. All right.
1: New immigration rules in Singapore, right? If you earn over a quarter of a million dollars a year, Singapore wants you. A new flexible five-year work visa for foreigners making at least 30000 Singapore dollars a month. Uh, the latest plan to attract... Uh, high earners and high-end people. Uh, Prime Minister Lee uh, says uh, the latest initiative target, targets high-paid workers around the world and professionals to bring them into Singapore. Is this going to solve our labor issues or help with our labor issues currently in Singapore? Steve?
0: Well, look, there, there's, there's two things that Singapore needs to address. One is that Singapore is in a war for global talent. Um, mm. Singapore is... And has been for years. And, right? and, and, and it's getting more... Yeah. Uh, everybody yeah. is, always. But it's getting more intense. And part of the reason is... and. Is is that you have technology, which now allows you to be based anywhere. So you don't have to have all of your people in one place. So that's one change. Another change is, and this was, you know, the Minister of Manpower said this in his remarks, is that we're in an era where business follows talent as much as talent follows business. So where the talent is going to locate is where the business is going to locate. Mm-hmm. It used to not be that way. If a business said our headquarters is in Singapore or Hong Kong or wherever it was, you had to go there if you were a talent. It is now the other way around. And, mm-hmm. like, and business always needs certainty. Just You know, yep. kind of one of the rules. Don't We don't care what the rules are. Just tell us what the rules are. Don't change them so that we can follow them. And this is the clearest that we've seen out of Singapore, which says if you meet this criteria – Thirty thousand a month. Um, We're going to give you a five years. So it's not. It's not going to have to be something that maybe it's one year, two year, three years. We're going to give you five years, and you can you can stay, and you don't have to you don't have to compete it out with Singaporeans. You don't have to advertise it. So this is something that Singapore has to do because it's not about Singapore. I mean, it's
2: about where Singapore is competing globally. Yeah, I mean, does this have the trickle down effect? Sound like Reagan now, but does it have the trickle down effect that you would think? Because it does seem like this is a very niche Bloomberg y kind of story. You know, it effectively caters to only 5% of expatriate workers in the city state. If you talk to small businesses in Singapore, business owners generally, They're not so concerned about that visa. They want people in their restaurants. They want people in their bars. They want people in their... I mean, if you go to any restaurant, cafe, bar, small business in Singapore, you will see a banner outside saying, staff needed now, $2,000 a month, blah, blah, blah. They can't get the staff. Is this a visa that's going to really resonate with the average Singaporean, much less care? And broadly, what impact really economically, you know, put it in layman's terms, what kind of impact economically is this going to have on Singapore? Okay, well, who,
0: who's going to, who, who is this applied to, right? It applies to investment bankers, right. it applies to private bankers, it applies to partners at, at,
1: at international tech, law tech firms. Entre- entrepreneurs or, or whatever. Yeah, less so of yeah, the less so
0: there. I yeah. mean, right, senior executives of, of big multinationals, that's that is who it's going to apply to. Now, the theory is, if you have a private equity firm here, which only, maybe they have 30 employees, but the private Equity firm. They need lawyers. They need accountants. They right. need consultants. They need PR firms. And so, yes, it is going to help, you know, attract those people. And now, and who aren't going to necessarily be making thirty thousand a month. And then. They go to restaurants. And then, you know, so there is going to be some trickle down. Now there is, you know, there's a balancing act here because, you know, Singaporeans may say, well, look, I want to be in those roles. And it used to be they, that they will say that <laughs> it, 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 it used to be that at least th- this was open for competition. Now you could just bring in a foreigner without opening it up for competition. If you pay 30 or a month or more, what is that going to do to the, you know, middle, to upper end Singaporean managers in these types of firms? Is this going to block them a bit more so I, I think that's one thing that that the the people here in in singapore are watching um but it is something that singapore i think had to do. Um, and another interesting piece that was in this law is that it now explicitly allows the spouses of these employment pass holders to work. Singapore took that right away. They took yeah. away the right under the a, LAC, letter a letter of consent for for a spouse of an employment pass holder to work. They're reinstating it for these workers. I hope they reinstate it for a broader amount of workers. So Singapore is doing more than than just putting in this this limit. And it it is going to have to be balanced a bit, but it's something that
1: that Singapore had to do because it's in a global war for talent. Steve, we do have to leave it there. Thank you so much for coming in today. Interesting stuff. We'll keep an eye definitely on that and uh, and these other stories as well. Have a good week. You too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at
0: moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.